Now back to the Ty Butler and Brandon Jacobs show on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, indeed, it is Ty Butler, Jake Asman, the Asman filling in for two-time Super Bowl champion Brandon Jacobs, who's out on assignment today. Uh, but we're cooking. We're going until 2.30, leading you into pregame coverage of the Jets and the Dolphins. Dan Grasa, Greg Buttle. And they'll take you all the way until 425, where you'll hear Marty Lyons and Bob Wischusen on the call in Denver. Altitude. Whole lot going on today. Let's talk about the Giants before we get back to the phone calls at 800-919-3776. Jake, I would feel much better about the Giants' chances had Miami won that game against Buffalo last week. Because we see it all the time where, you know, great teams have that letdown performance, right? Like we saw the, the the Cowboys lose to the Cardinals. We saw the Chiefs almost lose to the Jets. Last season, we saw the Chiefs lose to the Colts. We saw the Eagles lose to the Commanders. Like those things happen when you come off of an emotional, you know, significant win like that would have been for Miami trying to prove that, yeah, we can win this division. I know the Bills have been the class of it since Josh Allen has been here, but it's a big game for us. We win. We make a statement and we kind of don't come out with the, the level of urgency uh, necessary to beat a, a team like the Giants. We overlook them, but it works the reverse way. Because they got embarrassed, because they that defense gave up 48, their offense was held to 20. Because they understand that that was their time to make a statement and they forfeited that opportunity. I think they're going to come out Amped today, I think they're going to come out red hot, motivated, and ready to roll against a Giants team that, quite frankly, outside of two quarters, has pretty much looked like the worst team in football this year. Like, which Giants team is going to show up today? Or are we going to see you know the Giants at any point resemble you know the the, the team that they were for at, at points last year? I, I mean, this is a Giants team last week that got absolutely embarrassed once again in front of the entire country. Like, the Giants are playing for pride at this point. Like, you're you're a twelve and a half point underdog going into this game. I don't think the Giants are going to win, but man, they got to go out there and they got to compete. You know, last week no one gave the Jets a chance and they had a chance to win. So you, you see this in the NFL all the time where one, you know, one, one narrative is is saying you're done, you you don't you can't compete, you have no shot, and then you find a way to make it interesting, you find a way to make it a game. Like that that's what I want to see. Everyone last year was lauding you know Brian Dable and this coaching staff for the job they did. All right, no one's expecting you to win today, but you can't be embarrassed again after you got embarrassed last week. The Giants need to show some pride today and compete. Who does this fall on? Like, their struggles, it, it, it was interesting coming into the season. The narrative surrounding the Giants was that of a team that was vastly improved, that was going to be much better, but take a step back just because they're not playing the AFC South. They're not playing the, you know, worst division in football. And they're going to have some tough games on the slate. It's a division where there are two teams you can see winning the Super Bowl in Dallas and the Eagles. And it's just it's just much tougher when you're going up against the AFC East. But so far, we haven't seen that. It's like, you know, Darren Waller. We, we, all, we, all we did during the preseason was, preseason was rave about this guy. Where the hell has he been? Jalen Hyatt, the speedster. I mean, what's happened to him? And I get, like, you are crippled by losing your best offensive player, Saquon, which, by the way, shows you why the Giants didn't want to pay him. You know, he's a guy who's always hurt, and he's an aging running back. Why are you going to pay big-time money for him? But, you know, Daniel Jones, after being paid $40 million, somehow was expected to miss the playoffs, which just never sat right with me. You're paying a quarterback that amount of money and expecting him to miss the playoffs. At some point, I get the line is not great, 
but he has to show me something. And last week was the worst game he's had with Brian Dable as his head coach. He's got to come out there today and at least be significantly better. Why are the Giants, tie the only team that if you know their star running backs out or they're down some linemen, they can't function? Like You mean to tell me the Giants need perfect health to have a respectable offense? That's nonsense, man. Look around the league. C.J. Stroud is a rookie and has been, and the last couple of games has missed four of his five starting offensive linemen, including his all-pro left tackle in Laramie Tunsil. And he's gone out there, and he has been historically good so far, four games in to his NFL career. Last week, Seattle was missing several starting offensive linemen in that game, and we saw Geno Smith operate in offense. So I'm just so sick and tired of the Giants fans and you know people that cover the team saying, well, Saquon's out and the O-line's banged up. Sure, that, that definitely is going to make you a worse team. But is that, a, is that justification for playing one good half of football all year? And that half came against a Cardinals team that's probably going to be one of the five worst teams in the league when it's all said and done? I'm just so sick of it. You're paying Daniel Jones a lot of money. I get it. It's not you know top quarterback money anymore given all the new deals that have been signed. But you're paying him because you expected him to be able to elevate guys going forward. You're two in the same system. And the Giants have scored three points at home this year in primetime. I mean, it's, it's unacceptable. So, yes, the injury are a factor, but you got to expect more from this team than just to lay down like dogs like they have for most of the season so far. I mean, to come out there and, and, and to today be the worst team in football as far as point differential, they've been outscored by 76 points. Like, this is the type of step back you, you, you were anticipating? No. You, you thought that this was going to be an improved team, more competitive, but not have the fortune of, you know, winning all those close games like they did last year. The fact that they're getting blown out, that they don't belong on the same field with the Seahawks, is embarrassing. And today, being 12.5-point dogs, which, you know, sounds about right. But like you said, go out there and play for pride, man. Be competitive. Like, you're supposed to be well-coached. You're supposed to be, you know, going in the right direction. Your your quarterback last year was really good, but that was supposed to be the worst of him under Dable. Because like you said, he was supposed to continue to get better. That's why you paid him. And he's still being paid like a top-ten quarterback. The fact that the offense has been so inept, and I get the defense has also been atrocious, but it's just, it's kind of similar to what the Jets were dealing with. And the Giants don't have the talent that the Jets do have on defense, but I'm seeing the complementary football aspect of it. It's hard to expect your defense to be great or even average or good if your offense can't score any points. I mean, this is a Giants team that has gone out there, and they have, just like the Jets, not had an offensive play well, they've led in a game. I mean, it's just been it's been embarrassing. And Brian Dable, who I thought did a tremendous job last year, he deserves criticism for this because when you routinely get outcoached, when you routinely get outplayed like they have, all the praise we were given Brian Dable for the job he did last year, it, you just feel like the more time continues here and they don't turn it around. And look, no one's expecting them to win probably the next two games with Miami and Buffalo. But if they can't compete, I think we have major questions about this coaching staff now going forward. And last year kind of feels like more of a, uh, of a mirage. Look, Adam Gase went to the playoffs his first year with the Dolphins. All right, Eric Mangini went to the playoffs his first year with the Jets. We've seen plenty of coaches who impress in year one. And, hell, I could give you an example with the Giants. Ben McAdoo won 11 games his first year with this team. So they got to turn it around. Otherwise, there's going to be some big-picture conversations about just – 
how good this coach is and it, whether or not they need to consider drafting a quarterback if they're one of the worst teams in the league picking at the top of the draft. I think that's more of a legitimate conversation. I am not ready to turn the page on Brian Dable being a great coach because what he did last year, you know, being able to maximize the talent that he had at his disposal on this roster is not something that we can just summarily dismiss just because they've had, you know, the type of stretch the first four weeks of the season. It's alarming. It's head-scratching. It, do, it does make you question I guess the legitimacy of how last season, you know, went. But to me, the bigger question will be about the quarterback. Because remember, they did decline his fifth year option ahead of last season. He played good, but it wasn't like he was tremendous. It wasn't like this was a guy you thought, all right, he's going to help us win a Super Bowl. So if they finish bad enough to where they can draft one of these quarterbacks, that's a legitimate question. I do think that because of what Dable did last year, it's going to buy him some time. He has some equity. But, I mean, it's a mess right now. And the Giant fan, I wonder, you lose these next two games, you're already looking ahead to the draft. It, it Just to go from where you were last year, just a couple of months ago, uh, winning a playoff game to where we are now, it's just dreadful. 800-919-3776. Cullum's in the Bronx. What's up, Cullum? Uh, what's going on? Man, this conversation is very depressing, and it's just a reality. <laughs> I look at it now. I'm a diehard Giants fan. You know that, Ty. I've been calling for years. I take all emotion out of it now. The Giants, to me, I've seen most games throughout so far through the first four weeks. And you can't argue with me. The Giants are the worst team in football. You look at what the you look at what the Bears just did the last two weeks. People were arguing me on the on this radio broadcast with Dan Grossa and other people saying, "Oh, the Bears are a mess." The Bears would smoke the Giants right now if they were playing against them. <laughs> I mean, you look at what they've done the last two weeks. They should have won that Broncos game, and then they beat the hell out of Washington. There's not a single team right now in the entire NFL that you could say is worse than the Giants. The Giants are the worst team in football. Now, there could be some kind of miraculous turnaround in the second half of the year. I doubt it, though. I'm, I'm emotionally taking all of my investment in this team out of it. I don't care about the outcome. I'm going to still watch the games, but I'm not going to let it hurt me and harm me and affect the rest of my week. I'm all in on what the Knicks are going to do coming up. <laughs> I can't wait for the Knicks. And that's the craziest thing, right? How are the Knicks the most stable and the best New York franchise right now? In, in the four major sports. It's crazy. They are the most stable franchise right now. You know what's so funny, Cullum? We keep passing the baton because like, just... Uh, I don't know, four weeks ago, it was the Jets. Who has the best chance to win a championship? It's the Jets. Uh, four months prior to that, it was the Yankees. Uh, 14 months prior to that, it was the Mets. So we keep passing this, but I appreciate the call column to the next team. And it just goes to show you, man, the state of New York sports. We need something to happen here, man, because this is just a, a giant mess. No pun intended. The disrespect to the hockey teams to not oh, talk yeah, about I'm... the Devils or the Rangers <laughs> or the Islanders who were playoff teams last year. I mean, the Rangers year. lost in round one last year. They got a new head coach. So there's they got question marks. There. They do. The, the Devils are probably the best team of the Tri-State if you want to include them. How but about yeah. the Liberty, man? They're in the finals right yeah. now. Let's show some love to the, the to, to the women, man. Uh-oh. I might get canceled, Ty. Don't call. You know, don't accuse me of being sexist because I forgot about the Liberty. But, yes, the Liberty, the Liberty legitimately have the best chance to win exactly. New York City a championship because they're in the finals, which I'm pretty sure starts today, right? <laughs> yeah. Apparently, LeBron's going to be at that game uh, in Vegas against the, the Aces. So, shout out to LeBron. Uh, 800-919-3776. Let's go to Tony in Delaware. What's up, Tony? Hey, Tony, what's going on, man? Tony. Apparently. Ah, come on, Tony. You're going to do us like that? Kane is in Atlanta. What's up? Down in the ATL. What's good, Kane? 
Tom, my brother, Jake, my brother, how y'all doing, man? Hey, man, let me just say this real quick, man. This ain't the time to get off the plane jet lag, Jets, okay? We need to come out the gate running the doggone ball. This ain't the time to be messing around and, and doing what, hey, man, we need to come out the gate on fire, okay? We ain't got time to be playing around. Our season ain't dead. They, that last caller talking about we unstable, we ain't unstable yet, okay? We got a chance to turn this around, okay? Denver ain't nothing. It's all, we we all on Sean Payton head. It's J-E-T-S, just, just, just to the death. Let's go, baby. I love it. Kane, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. I love He's that, right. Dick. He's right. I mean, this is the game you win. You're playing for pride. You're playing for your coach. You're trying to stop a losing streak. And Ty, you and I could go through the schedule. The Jets win this game even if they lose to the Eagles. They got three winnable games after the bye. The Giants, the Chargers, both uh, both technically home games because the Giant game is at MetLife, as we all know. And then you play the Raiders, who by then probably have Brian Hoyer quarterbacking them because Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo is made out of glass and will be injured for that game. And even if he plays, Josh McDaniels might be one of the worst coaches in the NFL. So three winnable games to get you in the mix, five and four with a chance to play some meaningful games down the stretch. That's on the table if they win today. They lose. There's no conversation to be had about this year. They're going to be looking at one and five into the bye, and you're going to have no faith whatsoever in this coach staff, and you're going to feel like you're wasting the prime of this roster that has a tremendous amount of talent, minus the quarterback. All facts. I just saw an incredible stat because you brought up C.J. Stroud. Fox just showed he's the only player in NFL history who, through his first four starts, 1,200 passing yards, six touchdowns, no interceptions. And that's despite not having the offensive line that they put together before the season that thought that they thought thought was uh, going to be healthy. So he's been great. We need to see Daniel Jones make more plays. Uh, and, and it starts today against Miami. If they do the unthinkable and win this game, it's, it's funny what the NFL is, right? Because it's only once a week and you only have 17 of these bad boys. All it takes is one win to change the complexion of your season. Because they win this game against Miami. Buffalo right now is having a hard time in, uh, in London against Jacksonville. You start to talk yourself into, Gi- into the Giants being 3-3. Three and, th- and, three and three. Jets win this game against Denver. You start to talk yourself into them beating the Eagles next week and beating 3-3. Three and three. That's the beauty of this league. And also why it's so depressing where, you know, if the team stinks and they're out of it early, you just got to mail it in and watch every other team do well. Jacksonville just scored another touchdown. Travis Etienne into the end zone. So pending extra point, they'll be up 18-7. to seven. Uh, halfway through the fourth quarter in that game against the Bills in London. 800-919-3776. Still taking your phone calls. Ty Butler, Jake Aspen going until 2.30 right here on 98.7 ESPN. Now back to the Ty Butler and Brandon Jacobs show on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, man, Jake, I don't know if you realize this. They're playing Wu-Tang right now. It's because the, the control room right now has some smoke for you, bro. They're, they're not happy with what you're saying. They're not happy with me. Yeah. What do I do? Well, this whole Jet Life Stadium ruffled some feathers with the Giant fans in the control room. Tom Bauer, front and center. Was, what did you have to say to me during the break? Yeah, I said you can't call MetLife Stadium Jet Life Stadium if the Jets are kind of just as bad as the Giants are right now. To that, you say what, Jake? Well, to that I say yes, the Jets are not very good, but which team has more likely to make something of their season? I think as we stand here right now, I would argue it's the Jets, but I'll say this, whoever wins the Jets-Giants game gets the call MetLife or JetLife, whatever they want. Is that fair? You know what? That is a very fair sentiment. I will give you that. And I do agree with you. The Jets do have a much better odds than the Giants do right now, just taking a look at things. 
But they both got the same record right now. I mean, come on now. Do we really expect the Jets to make the playoffs this year the way they're starting the season right now? I mean, look, they got to win today, and there's a lot that has to happen. But I'll say this. When it was called Jet Life, the Jets were planning on having Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback. What's the excuse for the Giants after they made the playoffs last Ooh, year to not have points? Tonight uh, you mean, say what? These are just facts. Uh, I mean, Daniel Jones was supposed to take a big step this year, and he's been terrible. And I don't want to hear about the O-line or the Saquon injury. All these other teams around the league are able to function when they have injuries other than the Giants. I just I think it's so weak. Listen, I am not disagreeing with the thing you are saying right now. I am not going to lie. The Giants are terrible, and I completely accept that. But I don't re- I don't recall Giant fans being as cocky about their stadium name as Jet fans are. Nah, Giant fans were just year. getting all emotional and sensitive when they heard it. They didn't like it, and I get it. They they've won four Super Bowls since the Jets the Jets last won one, which was their first and only. So I understand that. But let's go to Harvey now, who comes into the studio dressed in his Giant garment. He's got the hat. He's got the the boxer briefs that he you know the pants are sagging, so you can see the little Giant emojis on his boxers. He's got the sweatshirt. With, with Harvey, how do you feel about all? this well first of all I, I have the sweater and the hat i don't have any um boxers oh i thought i saw boxer briefs my <laughs> bad i'm missing that part maybe I, I completely made that up well maybe but i'm just just devastated by this whole thing i don't like the fact that we're oh, a month into the season and my team can make Derek me to the worst team in the league but you're still wearing the attire like what made you think leaving the house dressed like that was the proper decision given I, what's going on with your with your team right now i gotta represent on Sundays. I respect it. He's a fan. You know, That's I, right. I wear Jets gear every Sunday, no matter how bad they've been. L- let the me last a- 13 years, they've been awful. Let me ask you this. You watch the the, the poor showing. Why not wear it as well? Well, I, I'm not. So I guess the, the fundamental difference is that I'm not someone who walks around in like gear of uh, any of my teams. You're better than us. No, not that you I'm better. You think better. highly of yourself. No, no, no. I'm just different. <laughs> and by the way, like if I were that guy, you know when I wouldn't do it? For, uh, you know, six days after my quarterback just threw the season away because you couldn't find Darren Wally, he threw it to you know, Witherspoon who took it to the house and essentially ended your season. But that's just me, uh, Harvey. That's just me. You and I are two completely different people. You know what it is? Just say this. You don't have enough Jets closing at home to bring it on a Sunday. You rather wear... On, can you even see what you're wearing? What, yeah, I got you... my, I got my, uh, you know, DKNY shirt on here. I got green pants. DKNY. On. Yeah, I got green pants on. If that does anything for you, why not wear some Echo Unlimited shoes while you're at? Oh, you try to take. You see this, Jake? You try to take shots at me. Try to take shots at me. 800- I think they make salient points, Ty. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Jags up eighteen to seven on the Bills. So, two scores in the final 5-17. We'll see if Josh Allen can get it done. Back to the phone lines. We go. Charlie is in Farmingdale. What's up, Charlie? Hey, how's it going, guys? Just had a quick question for you. Uh, do you think it's time for the Giants to just move on from Saquon Barkley? Do you, do you get rid of him at this point, even before he gets healthy? Just, just, just trade him off. Well, the, pr- the problem with that is how, who's acquiring him unless he's healthy, yeah. right? But I, there, there is some, something to talk about with Saquon. We saw the Panthers do this when they were going nowhere with McCaffrey a couple of years ago when they got, what, a second, a fourth, and a sixth. They got a bunch of picks, I guess the equivalent of what a first-round pick in value would have been. And obviously, that's been a tremendous move for the Niners, who I don't think they've lost a game when Christian McCaffrey and Brock Purdy have both in the, been in the lineup healthy at the same time. So... There's something to be said. If the Giants do lose these next two games, the trade deadline is right after that Jets-Giants game on October 29th. The deadline's on Halloween this year. It's Tuesday. So if the Giants are out of it by then, Ty, and Saquon's healthy, don't you have to at least consider it 
if you're if you're going nowhere and this guy's on a one year deal and you could get some value in trading him, I mean, I'm not saying they would, but that's at least a conversation. I think that will be occurring on this radio station if we get to that point and the Giants are going nowhere. Absolutely, you you got to find a way to you know maximize like whatever assets you have on your on your roster and turn those into you know, picks for the future if this team is not going anywhere. But I I hate to do this just because I actually feel badly for Saquon. He's a very likable guy, and I'm a Jet fan saying this. But, you know, the fan base loves him. He's obviously fun to watch. He's one of the best running backs in football. As far as the total package, he was their best weapon last year. But this kind of shows you why they were hesitant to pay him, right? Like, he's got an injury history. That wasn't just going to evaporate. And, yes, he did his best job to stay healthy last year. But this season, like it's, it's hard. Hard to say the Giants were wrong not to commit to him because this is what you have. A guy who can't stay on the field. And I don't see this getting any better, which is why it was so funny to hear, you know, some Giant fans say, well, this well, maybe after the season he he can be great and that'll prove that he's worth a long term deal. That was never gonna happen. You know, you're not gonna get older and healthier. You're not gonna get older and more valuable, especially at that position. There was no scenario where he was ever gonna get paid long term. By the Giants. I, I, I'm with you there. Oh, well, he goes out there and has another great year. Then they pay him. You mean when he's another year older and more of a chance he could fall off a cliff? Look at Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook last year, people said he lost a step. Okay, that might be true. He still put up 1,100 rushing yards and 1,400 all-purpose yards if you count as 300 receiving yards. And now this year, the guy looks like he's running in quicksand. He can't play. So it could fall off so quickly as a running back. So there was never any scenario where the Giants were going to pay this guy long term. So if you're out of it, if you're 1-5, in five, if you're 2 and five at the deadline why wouldn't you then trade Saquon Barkley if there's some value there because a contending team might feel like they're a Saquon away from winning at all like the Niners clearly felt like they were when they added Christian McCaffrey last year and it's been a great move for them it's just it just sucks that we are here right like we're having this conversation today it's week five should be a fun one I and, and I said this before the break that like no one's given the Giants a chance to win this game how could you with, with Miami looking the way that it did last week you would expect them to be extra motivated whatever that means and for them to come out today and put their best performance together uh, to try to get back in this thing, especially when they're watching Buffalo, who just scored a touchdown, but Buffalo losing to Jacksonville. So all of a sudden, you early look at the standings, you still have a chance to you know gain a, uh, gain a game on them. But if they do the unthinkable, they win this game again. No one's expe- expecting it. But if they win this game, it just completely, like you're almost able to forget about what happened against the Seahawks. You just beat the Dolphins, and now you got the Bills coming up. You can talk yourself into being more optimistic. So it's still right there. It's still in any given Sunday league. We don't expect it, but whatever you have inside of you that's going to help you win this game today, if you can find a way to do it, man, think about how excited the Giants fans are going to be tomorrow morning. Well, Ty, you win today. Even if you lose next week, you then look at the schedule. You can play the same game the Jet fan is playing. Hey, we have a winnable game against Peter Rosenberg's commies. We have a winnable game against the Jets. Both teams look at that as a winnable game for them. So, look, I'm not picking the Giants to win today, but we've seen crazier things happen in the NFL. So you win today. It does change the tenor of your season. It just doesn't doesn't seem feasible given how inept the Giants have looked so far this year. But crazier things have happened, obviously. 800-919-3776. It looked like they took that uh, touchdown off the board for the Bills, uh, but now they get back on the board, so pending an extra, I guess they're actually going to kick the, the, they're not going to kick the field goal, they're going to go for two to make it a one-score game, Uh, so we'll, we'll keep you posted and update you on that as we progress through the show, still previewing 
Jets, Broncos, still talking Giants, Dolphins. Jake and I are going to make our six picks against the spread. We're going to play in or out with the producers. There's still a whole lot to do. Hit us up, 800-919-3776. I'm at Ty D. Butler on Twitter. He's at Jake Asman. Hit us up on Instagram as well. Taking your phone calls going to 2.30 right here on 98.7 ESPN. Now back to the Ty Butler and Brandon Jacob show on 98.7 ESPN. Ty Butler, Jake Asman, the ass man they call him, Billy Gunn, he's single and ready to mingle. We're going until 2.30, so Jake, I'm putting some bets in right now. We're going to do our, our pick six in the next segment, uh, but I'm struggling with how I feel about uh, this 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 Giants-Dolphins game just because 12 and a half is a lot of points, man. That is a lot of points to spot a team. I, I know the Giants have been bad. I, I mentioned their point differential is 76. So this has, and there's no simulation for the speed that they're going up against today uh, with uh, Hill and Waddle and HN, like Mostert. Like they, the Giants can't simulate that in practice. So they're in for a track meet, one that they might not be able to keep up with. It's 12 and a half is just a lot of points, man. I don't know if I can do it. Maybe you put it in a teaser. You know, do a six or a seven-point teaser. Yeah. Put that maybe with the Lions-Panthers at nine and a half. You tease that one down. All of a sudden, you get the Lions under a field goal there, and they just basically got to win. I mean, there's some options. Look, my big thing with the Giants and Dolphins today is, like, even if the Giants play better, you know, are they going to be able to go out there and, and score enough points, you know, even if they're, you know, moving the ball better than they have been? Like, the bar is so low. Yeah. I mean, the highest-scoring team in the league versus the lowest-scoring team. So I, would, I mean, what do you do if you're Wink Martindale? Like, your defense could play well. You're still going to allow points against a Dolphins team that if you play man coverage like what the Giants do, the Dolphins' speed could torch them. That that worries me if I'm a Giants fan. Can't argue with that. Uh, so Josh Allen's Bills did score the touchdown, failed on a two-point conversion. So they're down five. Uh, on third and four, Trevor Lawrence made throw of the game to the sidelines to extend that drive. So now they are have an opportunity to run the clock out and, and, and get a much-needed victory. They have not been impressive at all to start the year. We heard all, you know, all about their chances of contending. They're going to take that next step, and we haven't seen it. Uh, but they're in line to get their biggest win of the season. This would be a crushing loss for the Bills, who have been humming since that Jet loss. Uh, but we'll keep you posted. Three minutes left in that game. Jags up five. I'm excited for this one tonight, Jake. It's the game of the day. It's the game of the weekend. You've got the Niners playing the Cowboys. Why is it fun? Both of them are exceptional uh, exceptional defensively. They're also both outstanding offensively. The only two teams in the league right now to rank top four in both offense and defense. It's a rematch of the playoffs from last year and the year before that. The Niners have been on this insane winning streak. What they won 13 straight games during the regular season. The Cowboys have had one blip on the radar, and that was that loss to the Cardinals. So it's going to be a fun one. I'm really looking forward to this game tonight between two of the best teams, not just in the NFC, but in the entire NFL. That definitely feels like it's by far and away the marquee game of the week. Because you look at the other games on the slate here, and obviously, if you're a Giants fan, you're locked into the 1 o'clock slate with Giants, Dolphins, and the Jets playing the 425 late window slate, but you know, not not a whole lot of games that really captivate you. Like I don't I don't think Saints Patriots is gonna wow you. I don't think even Ravens Steelers is good of a rivalry as that is. That's gonna be a game that with you know the state of affairs with Pittsburgh this year, you're gonna be locked in and feel like that's gonna be a great game. So it, it truly does feel like 
Dallas and the Niners is the game of the day by far when you just look at the whole schedule. So I know this is going to rub some people the wrong way. We got a lot of, as ETN, escapes for a game-ending touchdown. So the Jacks are going to go on to win this game and improve to 3-2. and two. Buffalo falling to 3-2. Uh, and two. Uh, Big win for the Jets uh, if you still fashion them as uh, a team capable of uh, winning this division. But uh, on the Cowboys, so we got a lot of Cowboys fans, a lot of Bills fans in this area. So I know what I'm about to say is going to upset them. But I don't think, so these are the two teams in all of football that there is nothing they can do during the regular season that is going to change the narrative that the general public has about them going into the playoffs. The Bills could win every single game the rest of the way. We're still going to say can't beat Kansas City in a big spot. The Cowboys could win, including tonight, could win every single game the rest of the way. Finish the season 16-1, and and we're still going to be, you know, same old Cowboys, right? Like, it's Stephen A. Accident waiting to happen. So those are two teams that right now, nothing much they can do. Like, on the field, of course. There's a lot that can happen for them, but just the general public's assessment about their chances of contention, there's nothing they can do in a regular season. But tonight is a bigger game for the Cowboys than the Niners just as far as their psyche. I, I, I think that if you lose for the third straight time to this team, you're worried about, man, they own us. Doesn't it kind of feel like, too, when you look at this Cowboys 49ers game, that every time we have anointed a new team as the team to beat, they've lost? Mm-hmm. Remember, a couple of weeks ago, the Cowboys were that team, and then they lost – to the Arizona Cardinals. Then it was the Dolphins. They scored 70 points, and then <laughs> the Bills just smacked them. And now it was the Bills this week, and here they are losing to the Jaguars, which, by the way, is great for the Jets because even if you don't think the Jets can win the division, you know, you're talking about a wild card spot between Miami and Buffalo. You still got two games at hand with Miami, and the Jets obviously do have a head to head win over the Bills, so that's good. So this week, though, Ty, the Niners have been that team that everyone is now anointed. And I wonder, does the trend continue? Does Dallas win? Because it seems like when we anoint a new team, that team has then lost the following week. It's a very good point, and it might affect how I look at this game because, you know, we're going to do our pick six segment coming up next. I was leaning I was leaning Niners, but I don't know. There's something, there's something of substance that you just put out there that has me fretting, to say the least. 800-919-3776. Speaking of the Jets, we have Ira in Staten Island in the house. It's been a long time, Ira. What's going on, my G? Hey, all good, TV, and what's going on, Jake? And uh, beautiful day out here. Hey, what's happening? Beautiful day out here in Denver. And I tell you, all week long, I felt really confident about this game. But listen to some of the Denver stuff out here. They got some defensive players coming back. And, you know, I had to throw out that 70-point that they had down in Miami. This team has played three games, and they've been decided by a matter of like a total of four points. Um, I think Russell Wilson's putting up really good numbers. I'm not concerned about Zach Wilson today. I think he's going to play good enough and they're going to run the ball well enough to win this game. I have major concerns about the defense. They get off to slow starts, they're down two corners, and they have yet to stop the run. And Russell Wilson's a really good quarterback, and I have I think this this game's going to be decided on by the Jets' defense. I think the offense will do enough to win. If this game goes over 24 points, I, I just don't think it could be a good day. Appreciate the call, Ira. I, if I was feeling pessimistic, he's usually an optimistic Jet fan. He's in Denver. Uh, that brings me down a little bit, but... What I will say is, yes, they're missing some pieces uh, on defense, obviously, that are critical. But when I hear Brees Hall is able to be unleashed, Jake, you watched that game last week. 
last year he scores on that touchdown, man. Like, that is a game-changing, I don't want to be dramatic, that is a season-changing play, where if he scores, you never count the Chiefs out. I think Mahomes might have, like, the best winning percentage of, of every quarterback when trailing in games in NFL history, which is just insane. But just as far as the momentum of that game, they go from being down 17 nothing to up 27-20, that he's got to score in that play, and I'm, I'm hoping that he can somehow find a way to get healthier and healthier and he becomes the weapon that he was last year. Well, on that drive, too, they didn't even get a field goal on it, right? Yeah. So you have this huge run. It flips the field. And you the didn't penalty. Get, you didn't get any points on it. You know, you had, I think a couple plays later, you're right, the Connor McGovern, you know, ineligible man downfield, which, by the way, I thought was total BS anyway, but that's, that's besides the point. Look, to Ira's point, this defense can't start slow. Part of the reason I think the defense has started slow, the offense gives them nothing. The second the offense showed signs of life last week, they had the safety, and then Zach Wilson gets them a field goal. Defense, three and out, gets the ball back to the offense. Offense, scores a touchdown. The defense went out there, and they fed off the offense. So if Zach Wilson could build on what he did last week, I would expect this defense to play well. This is not a game you trail by 10. They've trailed by at least 10 points in every game this season. That can't be the case today. This defense, even without D.J. Reed, should put them in position to win. I think the key number for the Jets tie, 24. They score 24 points. I think the Jets should win, and that's kind of where I'm at. And they could very well score more than that, given how inept the Broncos' defense has been. But at 24 points, you would expect the Jets' defense to hold Denver up to 20 or less, and the Jets should win. So the Bills just marched down the field and, and got a touchdown. Josh Allen up to 347 yards, two touchdowns. He does have an interception. The score is 25-20. to 20. Buffalo out of timeout, so they're going to be relying on an onside kick here uh, that Bass is going to try to corral for them. Uh, so we'll keep you posted on that coming up. But we also have our picks against the spread, a segment we like to call the Pick 6. Jake? And Ty, going until 2.30 right here on 98.7 ESPN. Now back to the Ty Butler and Brandon Jacobs show on 98.7 ESPN. Six games, six picks to the house. Pick six, touchdown! This is the Pick Six. Here we go. Ty Butler and the Ass Men picking six games against the spread. Let's do it, baby. Got what? About 13 minutes before the 1 o'clock games get underway. Jags about to beat the Bills. So, you know, that's good news for Jet fans. But let's go to Eagles-Rams. And maybe this is because I have a rooting interest in this game. Because I made the case that if the Jets beat the Broncos, like there's a chance they can upset Philly, who's been flirting with losses all year long. You know, they blew out the Buccaneers on Monday Night Football. But that game against the Vikings where Minnesota came back, we saw the Patriots come back on them after being down, what, 16 nothing. We saw uh, the Commanders force overtime. So I want, I want to see Philly continue to win these games close and give the Jets a chance next week to upset them. So I'm going to go Eagles minus four. Their pass defense can be had. The Rams uh, get Cooper cut back. So you expect him to be involved and have an impact. But I like the Eagles minus four in this game today. Solid pick, tie, And I hope you're right because I'd much rather play the Eagles undefeated knowing that eventually they're going to lose a game before they go into this game off a loss instead. And the you know, Jets, even if they win today, you're feeling like, well, there's no way the Eagles are going to lose back to that game. So I'm with you there. Would you like me to give a pick? Yeah, or yeah, just yeah. This rattle is bo- off? Yeah, no, this is both of us. We're both giving our six picks. All right. You could, we could double dip on the same game or you can go where, to whatever game you want. 
I have a game here, and I have a pick for both the Jets and the Giants, but I'll save it. But I'm with the Ravens and the Steelers for this one. Mike Tomlin as an underdog. I know they looked terrible last week. Four and a half is too many points for the Steelers at home today. I'm not saying they win the game because, quite honestly, I have no idea. But doesn't it always feel like Ravens-Steelers is within a score late? Four and a half, I'll take the points. I think the Steelers cover. They might have a chance to even win. It wouldn't shock me given how random this season's been where the Ravens, they're 3-1, and one, but their loss was to Gardner Minshew and the Colts. Yeah. So I don't think this Ravens team is unbeatable. Uh, we know that Kenny Pickett's going to play, even though it looked like he blew out his knee last week. He somehow was A-OK and he's going to start today. I just think Pittsburgh at home, Mike Tomlin, after an embarrassing loss, he'll have, he'll have his team ready to play against a division opponent. Give me Steelers plus four and a half for my first pick. All right, this is a game that the Patriots have to win to, to save their season. They've got the Saints this week. They've got the Raiders next week. Uh, these are quote-unquote winnable. Uh, Bill Belichick, there, there continues to be some rumblings that this could be his last season in New England, which is insane, but you consider he's 70 years old. Uh, and the the team is now in the midst of possibly missing the playoffs for the start of the third straight year, and he's had bad drafts, and Mac Jones has regressed, and then he had that debacle last year with his offensive coordinators. Patriots have to win this game. They're at home against the Saints, so I like the Patriots to cover the two points and win to improve to two and three and keep their season alive. I like it. Uh, look, if not now, the win for the Patriots, right? Although they lose. And you start to really do get into those conversations about the future of Bill Belichick, who, by the way, Ty, has missed the playoffs eight of his ten years as a head coach when Tom Brady is not his quarterback. would like to point that out <laughs> for the Patriot Belichick lovers out there. Here's the game I like, and no one's going to be watched in this game. Why would you? Texans at the Falcons. Houston looking to win their third straight. I think they got the better quarterback. I'll take C.J. Stroud over Desmond Ritter. Texans come in playing really good ball, two straight wins. They get Laramie Tunsil and Titus Howard back into their lineup today, so their offensive line, after missing four starters, is getting two key ones back. Uh, I'm going to keep it rolling with C.J. Stroud. I think Texans go on the road, and they're a slight underdog. I'll take the two-and-a-half points. I think they went outright in Atlanta. C.J. Stroud continuing to – I mean, all the people who are like – Zach Wilson can't start him right away. He has to sit. C.J. Stroud started right away, and he looks uh, he looks really good. Let's go to— He already the- looks like the best Ohio State quarterback, by the way. Remember yeah. that knock? Ohio State quarterbacks yep. aren't any good. Uh, C.J. Justin Stroud, he's, uh, he's on his way to being a pretty good one, it feels like. Yep. Let's go to Minnesota, where the Chiefs are in town to take on the Vikings. Uh, the Chiefs are laying three and a half points. This spread scares me. Why is it so low? Vikings can't win a game. Uh, their defense has been had quietly. Kirk Cousins leads the league in touchdown passes, which is interesting, and I expect this to be a high-scoring game, though the Chiefs' defense is really good. Uh, I think they'll win this. This will be their, uh, sounds silly saying, get right for a 3-1 and team, but they haven't been as impressive as people would have thought they would be. So I think the Chiefs win this game, and I like the 3.5 points. I'm with you. I just don't see Mahomes having back-to-back bad games in a row. right? I know the Jets' defense is really good, but still Mahomes was just throwing up some lollipops last week. I think it's a get-right game, as you brought up. Another 3-1, and but get-right spot for the Chiefs against the Vikings' defense that's not very good. So I- I- I'm with you. I-, I am taking the Chiefs here. That number is a little fishy. Yeah. So maybe Maybe it's a sucker's pick, but I'm still going with it anyway. I'm taking the Chiefs. All right, so I like this game, and I, I see the trend uh, because Jake just pointed this out on on you know during the last segment, and my guy Nick Wright went on his TV show this past, uh, I guess last week it was, and he said the biggest NFL stories by week and subsequent losses: Lions beat Kansas City, then they lost to the Seahawks; Cowboys the Super Bowl bound, then they lose to the Cardinals; Dolphins they're ready to take the next step. 
Then they lose by four scores. Josh Allen and Buffalo, they're riding high. Then they lose today to Jacksonville out in London. So that scared me a little bit about the Niners and how we've McCaffrey scored in 12 straight games. Uh, Brock Purdy's in the regular season. They won 13 straight regular season games. But I'm still going to go with where my heart lies. And I think that at home against the Cowboys team that, yes, is exceptional. Their defense is tremendous, even without Diggs. I think the Niners are the best team in football. And they're going to win this game tonight. So give me, I don't love the hook. But I'm going to roll with the Niners, minus three and a half points. So you're going to Sunday night. I'm going to Monday night before we get to the locals. Packers at the Las Vegas Raiders. I think it's a bounce-back spot for the Packers. Ten days to prepare after they played Thursday night last week. Jimmy Garoppolo, first game after being concussed. I just don't trust Josh McDaniels in a primetime spot. We saw how bad it went from the last time his team was in primetime, and he's kicking a field goal down eight, which made absolutely no sense. I like the Packers here. Extra time to prepare. A tremendous amount of Packers fans are making this trip. It's going to feel like a Packer home game in Vegas. So I like Green Bay here. I will take the points, get two, and I think they went outright on Monday Night Football tomorrow. I'm going to regret this immediately. So in about seven minutes, the Giants and Dolphins will kick off down in Miami. It's going to be a track meet. Tua right now, I think Harvey sent me the, the, the Caesar numbers that he's second in the MVP conversation. And we know about their offense with Tyreek and with Waddle and with A-Chan. They're electric. They, they're, they're a team that can outrun you. Their defense can be had. The Giants, if they're going to have a game where their offense starts to click, wouldn't this be the game? I, they're an awful team. They're the worst point differential in all of football. The season probably is over. But 13 is a big number. So because of pride and because maybe it's me just rooting for the Giants to continue to be interesting, we can't have another year where both of our football teams are just nothing to talk about and we're already looking ahead to basketball season. I got to take the Giants plus 13. I'm going to regret it. I know it. The, the better play for me is the over in this game of 47 and a half. But I think the Giants plus 13, you got to give that to me. I'm opposite with you on this. I just don't think the Giants are going to be able to score enough points. I just have no faith in this offense right now. Maybe they can hang around. I mean, most most games this year, I think I saw a stat before the show today, Ty, 70% of games have been within a score in the fourth quarter. I think Miami pulls away late, though. I, I think they, they, they end up winning by at least two touchdowns because they're just going to be able to put up too many points. Even if the Giants' defense plays better, they're going to have a tough time slowing down Miami. Coming in off a loss, Dolphins' home game, I know there'll be a lot of Giants fans there, but I just don't see it. I've seen nothing from this Giants offense that makes me feel comfortable picking them to allow them to hang around. But, hey, I didn't think the Jets were going to cover and nearly win last week either, so I guess you never know. All right, let's go to Denver, to Mile High City, where the Broncos welcome in the Jets, a pair of one and three teams, some bad blood, Sean Payton, talking greasy before the season about the Jets organization, about Nathaniel Hackett, and the Jets coming off of, it's weird to say, but... Their most impressive game of the season, and that's despite a loss, which doesn't include the game they actually won against Buffalo. But, I mean, it's weird, but you, you came away from that game feeling better after that than you did it, you know, after they beat the Bills. So you want to see if Zach Wilson can maintain that momentum. Can he put his team in position where the defense, yes, battered and bruised with some injuries, can still get to the quarterback, can still make life, you know, miserable for that Broncos team? And Denver's got an atrocious defense. You can score points. Brees Hall expected to be unleashed. No longer on the pitch count. Garrett Wilson, he's going to get into the end zone. Let's see the tight ends again with Conklin and with Ruckert. Let's see Lazard get out there and be effective. Maybe we'll have a Miko Hardman sighting. 
But I think the Jets, who are dogs by two and a half points, cover the spread. I think they actually went out right, but I'll just bet them two and a half in this in this game. I like the Jets as well, Ty. If not now, then when? This will probably be the last time I ever pick the Jets if they can't beat this Denver team. Zach Wilson has never had two games in a row where he's looked like an NFL quarterback. This is the time to do it against a Broncos defense that has been historically bad through the first four weeks. Jets playing for their coach. Jets defense forcing some turnovers. This, this is not the game they should be trailing by double digits at any point. It might be closer than a lot of people think, but I think the Jets pull away. Brees Hall goes off, and the Jets win in Denver and get back on track 2-3 and three going into that Eagles game next week. Then we have a lot to talk about heading into next week as that wraps our pick six segment. Jake Asman. Ty Butler, real with you until 2.30, leading you into pregame coverage of the Broncos and the Jets. We'll continue to go around the league, maybe at some point throw some baseball in as well, just because the Yankees and Mets made some headlines. It's a football Sunday, so we're going to dominate uh, with the football conversation, but sprinkle in a little bit of the other things as well. We got in or out with our producers coming up, so still a whole lot to get to. Ty Butler, Jake Asman, going until 2.30, right here on 98.7 ESPN.